Chop Talk is brought to you by the Kosho School of Karate's premium martial arts training equipment. Frustrated with the low quality of the big manufacturers, the hassle and expense of custom-made equipment, or the months-long delivery times offered by the Japanese brands, if your order ever arrives at all, Kosho offers Makiwara, iron sandals, specialty punching bags, and other premium martial arts training equipment, all at great prices and great delivery times. Kosho equipment is guaranteed to be high quality and heavy duty, exactly what serious traditional martial artists demand. Contact the Kosho School of Karate for more information. Go to www.koshoequip.com or email koshoschoolofkarate at gmail.com. Kosho, premium martial arts training equipment for the serious martial artist. Welcome back to Chap Talk. This is your host, Nate England. Wherever you listen to the show, please write a review and give us a five-star rating. Also, please share the link for the show on Facebook, where you can also check out pictures from this week's show, and also check out Twitter for any Chop Talk updates. Philip Keppel returns to Chop Talk this week. Sensei Keppel has been practicing martial arts for over 60 years, training with Yoshio Kawaguchi and Richard Kim in Yokohama, Japan, then with Adriano Imperato in Hawaii, opening the first karate dojo in Illinois in 1959 before joining Robert Trias in the USKA. He then went on to train in Matsumura Seito-ru and found the United States Karate Dokai. Today we pick up the conversation with a few last thoughts on Imperato and Kaju Kimbo before Mr. Keppel talks about meeting a fresh-off-the-boat Bruce Lee. We then get into the difficulties of opening a dojo when nobody in the country really knows what karate is and how we worked with Robert Trias to help popularize it throughout the United States. He also shares the secret of how the Koreans got Taekwondo in the Olympics and why karate will never and should never be included. We then get into some of the efforts and difficulties of connecting the American, Japanese, and Okinawan practitioners that Sensei Keppel was in the room for and also some of the difficulties discerning and accepting ranks at the higher levels. Uh, And we wrap up with his thoughts on what it means to be part of a dojo. On Saturday, August 18th, the USKK will host a seminar, exhibition, and dinner to celebrate Sensei Keppel's 80th birthday. It will be held at the Holiday Inn in East Peoria, Illinois, and it will post a flyer on the Chop Talk Facebook page. To find out more about Philip Keppel, his organization, the United States Cardio Dokai, and the upcoming seminar, visit www.uskk.org. Or contact the dojo directly at its new location, 8900 North Industrial Road in Peoria, Illinois, 309-691-5280. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. One more question on the on the Kaju Kimbo and Imperato. So I, I was, th- that group, did they come out of James Mutus's self-defense club or, or what was the connection? Because the, the tricks in James Mutus's book, he called the Wazes tricks. So they're using mm-hmm. the same terminology, but it's always yeah. unclear what the connection was. I think there was a, a combination. I think, well, who were the other ones that were involved in Kaju? I couldn't name them. It was uh, Jimmy Leon, not Jimmy Leon, but, um, oh my gosh, who was it? There was a judo guy. A karate person, a kempo person, and so there's about four or five and martial arts they mix together. And I think Mitus had an influence on him. Yes, I really believe that. Yeah. He never mentioned Mitus, you know. Mm-hmm. And I got in a before I left, I got to fairly close to the chief. That's what we call him. Mm-hmm. Call him sensei. 
chief. And the, and the thing is, is that I got real close to him. And uh, I remember we were sitting at Dots eating, I think it was a weekend before I was getting ready to leave and leave the Navy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I told him, I said, I, I said, I'm going to Sensei. I said, oh, I had referred to him as Sensei because he's a teacher. Right. The chief, I said, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to be back home in the States. I said, do you know anywhere where I could train when I get back there? And he says, well, there's a group in Chinatown in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And that's where I saw Mr. Kim when I was going through. Okay, is that and that's who he was talking about in no, San Francisco? Well, he was talking about that group. Okay, I don't know if it was Mr. Kim especially. He said, and then there's a guy in Phoenix. He said, and he said that's about the only ones I know about. Mm-hmm. And of course, the guy in Phoenix was Sensei. But I remember when going down and going through San Francisco and going into into the Chinatown. YMCA, where they train. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wouldn't let me train with them. They wouldn't let me work out with them. They were Chinese stylists. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, like I said, it really is funny because I ran, I'm walking, ready to walk out in their sense. It's the first time I've seen them. You know, because I left Japan, I was in Hawaii for two years. Oh, you know, I feel. The only other time I saw him was in Canada at the airport when we were passing each other. And anyway, uh, he, uh, I was there. There was somebody else there. At the time, some little guy that was working out there at the time in, in San Francisco, Chinatown YMCA. Mm. His name is Bruce Lee. <laughs> really? Yeah. He had just come over from China. Wow. Didn't really make the connection at the time until afterwards, okay? Yeah. But I, I, I met him because I was in there three or four times. Yeah. Met some of the people. And they knew Aparado. They, they knew him. Mm-hmm. Was so, he. He wasn't well known. He obviously hadn't been on the Green Hornet yet. No, he started about six months after I got out of the service. Did he? Because now it, it's very difficult because a lot of people watch TV and watch movies and mm-hmm. they think that this is reality. Well, but Bruce Lee was in phenomenal shape. Mm-hmm. And there's a big divide, you know, some people say, ah, he's just an actor. Other people, no, he's a real good martial artist. You know, you seeing him that early, did he stand out? And whether it was the, the, the physique or the conditioning? He was just a Chinese guy or? working out in there with him is all. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, he was work, not working. What he what he worked when he did the movies was Japanese karate. I mean, that was not, uh, you know, uh, whatever it was that, uh, hip, what was his name yet? Yep, yep, man. Yeah, yep, man. was you know it wasn't his stuff that he was doing right for for television, got right. uh, television and uh, movies. Mm-hmm. You know he's you know he and uh, Tadashi and Mashita both. Mm-hmm. You know they okay. they look like they're Japanese karate right wide stances. You know, and, and I stuff. think he even picked up some nunchaku from was it Fumio Demura or or, or someone, I heard that. someone like that. Yeah, that or there's another one too. Uh, there's another all Japan champion in there that studied Okinawan karate. Mm-hmm. But uh, Mr. Demmer is quite a guy. He's, he's got heart problems now, you know. Mm-hmm. In fact, I might, no, I won't see him. I'm going to go out to Phoenix on, on the 19th, but mm. that uh, Demmer is not with that group. He's with the Sioux Houses group, so. Yeah, they did, a, there's a documentary on him that's on Netflix. So if anybody listening has a Netflix account, they can watch that. And they did Demmer? Mm-hmm. Demmer was an impressive guy. He's all Japan, I mean. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he influenced a lot of uh, the 
people like uh, people that uh, his association with the USKA people when Hawks and, and uh, Jordan were alive. He was active with them and he taught them a lot of kata. People like Tepakie who are Taekwondo people who run pretty good Japanese kata mm -hmm. because they picked it up off of him. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's just, uh, Demo was impressive. You sit in a formal stays opposition, you kick you in the head faster. Wow. Faster than you can blink your eyes. It's an impressive guy. And uh, but he's pretty crippled up too today. Yeah. Like we're all getting. <laughs> I know the I know the feeling. <laughs> oh, great, Nick! You got a long way to go. Yet. I do, and I've already got I've already got some aches and pains. Well, aches and pains aren't bad. You can work through them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So when you can't work through them anymore, it's bother it's bothersome. Hey everybody, Nate here. I just wanted to take a minute to talk about our sponsor, the Snack Nanny. The Snack Nanny is the latest, greatest spill-proof bowl. It's the first snack bowl for kids with a self-closing door. The Snack Nanny allows kids to snack freely without overeating, keeps kids entertained, and prevents them from creating a mess for mom and dad to clean up. Kids and parents love the Snack Nanny. It's easy to use, easy to clean, and includes portion control features that only the Snack Nanny offers. To order, go to www.snacknanny.com or order from Amazon. Remember, you support our sponsors, and they support us. Thanks, and you hate to You know, it's funny because you were talking about how people did so many things. Somebody from your area named Victor Moore. I don't know if you ever heard of him. I have. In fact, he was on the he was on the podcast uh, a few weeks ago. Victor, I never forget the first time I met Victor was in Cincinnati, Ohio. We were at a tournament, and uh, Victor was there. He had a white shirt and a tie on, and we're in the hallway. He's barefooted, and uh, I don't have his shoes on. And I had learned this kata from Chuck Ruzanski called Nohai. And uh, I think it was an offshoot of Rohai kata. Okay. But, I, the, the, uh, but uh, uh, Oyata called it Nohai. Uh, not Oyata. Um, Masoyama. Hmm. Called it Nohai and taught it to Yoshinkai. And I can remember Victor out there in the hallway sweating. And I white shirt and tie that tie over the shoulder going, man. And he's punching. I thought he was going to punch the sleeves right out of his shirt. <laughs> and just working like hell. You know, when you were talking about people would do anything to learn something new. Right. You know, that's what I was thinking about right when you said that. I just had a picture of Victor flash through my mind. Right. Because he was really young at the time. Boy, he's a tremendous fighter. Yeah. Tremendous fighter. Yeah, he, when he had him on, he he talked about some of those early fights, and, and one of the things that that him and I talked about was at that time with some of the tournaments you're talking about at the beginning of our conversation mm -hmm. is, you know, the everybody, these guys his who were competing were training, basically they were professional athletes the way they were training. Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't a yeah, I'm going to train an hour this day, another hour that it was. A full, almost a full-time job. Whether mm -hmm. you're flying across the country to do one tournament here and one tournament there, or or, or, or training like like the kata, training for the kata, like you mentioned. When we, when I was at Gross's Tojo, it was up on the second floor over a meat market, downtown Peoria, between Water and Washington Street, right near the river. And that set of steps coming down from the second floor, we would work so hard. That people get, have to sit down before they get all the way down the steps. Sometimes they wow. fall down. Workouts were s s 
I mean, just vicious hard. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, and you know, the, and the thinking behind that at the time is when I was back here and started out like that. I told them, I said, you know, technically, I'm not that good. I want to tell you one thing: no one's going to train any harder than we do. And that, mm. that's kind of what carried me through my first, you know, five six years. Yeah. And uh, really, I learned most of my karate from Sensei. Most of my formal karate, okay. From uh, Sensei Trius. Trius. Yes. Yes. And uh, the thing about it is, is that, you know, I had trained a long time before then. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it was a, you know, here here's the way it was. You talk about Mr. McLean, and Jimmy went out with uh, Jerry, Jerry Martin. Uh, they went out to Phoenix, and I couldn't go because I was working. I had a family, and I remember Jimmy picking up Kata out there and bringing it back so we could work it. Mm -hmm. I remember the first president of the USKA was John Wallace. It was a brown belt. Came <laughs> <laughs> in my dojo in '61 on his way going east. Oh, there, man. Yeah. So you know those. Uh, it was an exciting time. I first time I met Sensei was when he came here into Chicago to do the uh, USKA uh, uh, Grand Champions, mm -hmm. 63. And I remember sitting in a restaurant with him and talking to him. That picture you see of us working, working the sides of the machetes, I think you've seen that. Picture. I have. In fact, that's, that was one of the things on my notes I wanted to ask you about. I, I heard that that was maybe the first time that Psy were demonstrated in the U.S.? I might have been. They were chrome size, chrome plated size. And those machetes were sharp, and I'd never handled size before. And we we're out there working, and when I got done, the size had nicks. He went clear through the chrome into the steel where the plate, you know, the way they plated over him. And uh, the picture there, the great thing about that picture, and you've seen it, I believe. Yes. Is, yeah, you look back behind us, those people back there, Harold Long, you know, Vision Room, James Harrison, you know. Uh, John Keehan, uh, people back there that, you know, are just names to people today. Right. And that thing, like I said, was in parade in the Chicago Tribune on the weekend, mm -hmm. and it showed up in a couple other things. You know, the parade magazine, it was on the, the weekend with it. Right. And that was on the car. It was something else. It was, it was a breakthrough. Looking for a way to gain an edge on the competition? Want to give your body some much-needed relief and relaxation? Try Medical Resort ATAC, Okinawa's specialists in sports therapy and wellness care. ATAC offers customizable massage therapy. Try their oxygen chamber to increase metabolism, reduce fatigue, and promote faster recovery from injuries. Take their stretching course to increase flexibility and release muscle fatigue. ATAC also offers special courses in static and thermal therapy, foot therapy, and head therapy. Or try a session of ATAC's latest offering, acupuncture therapy with their fully licensed acupuncture therapist. Want to find out more? ATAC is open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Stop into their center located at 12830 Oroku in Naha City, Okinawa. Call 098-859-1890 or visit them on the web at www.a-tac.net. That's www.a-tac.net. Staff is fluent in English, Portuguese, Spanish, and Japanese.
I, Nate, I'm so fortunate. Um, you know, when we were talking about doing this, I was you know, kind of just went back and thought about the progress and, uh, you know, that we've made you know, right. through the years. Yeah. And uh, we, uh, you know, I'm just fortunate. That's yeah. all. I mean, you've seen basically every step of the development of karate in America where there was nothing. There was nothing. You were the first dojo in the state of Illinois. Yeah. There was nobody around to now where it's ubiquitous. Everybody in the world knows the word karate. They know yeah. what it is. Well, at least, yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, and you've seen every phase from, you know, the, the, the tournaments to the, the big push from the with Karate Kid when all the when the kids oh, when all the man. little kids started getting involved and Enter the Dragon, man. Yeah. That was it. That was the big movie. You know, that's the thing it broke for everybody. And people like, you know, uh Norse. I mean, you know, Chuck when he Chuck was a very good competitor. I mean Chuck Norris, uh I'm talking about a point karate man. You know, he was the only guy really that at one point there, there were others that came on later on, even stakeless to Joe Lewis, you know. Joe was a step up on most people, he, you know, strong, fast, you know. What was the difference? Was he more of a natural athlete? Did he train harder? <sighs> was Norris, there just something with Norris the timing? Norris just had beautiful timing. Yeah, great. Another guy had timing was uh, was Kenny Newton, you know, when he was alive. There are just some people that have it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I just, it's they're almost, you know, you you fought enough tournaments. You you fought with people that you know you should just beat, and for some reason you just don't do it. Right. And <laughs> yeah, I've had that feeling. <laughs> yeah. And the thing about it is, is that the thing is, they're timing. Algy Grilia, who won the first world championships in Chicago, was another one. He was out of Brothers Dojo long after I was there. And uh, long after I was there, and uh, Al Jean had tremendous timing. You know, Al Jean was a uh, one of Waika's judo students. That's how he started out. Well, he came from Hawaii. He was in Ephraim's dojo. came from Hawaii. He was teaching karate at Waika's uh, Spinning Top Jojo at 79th National in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And Al went into a made, made showdown with Waika there and went into a tournament in Chicago with a fourth degree black belt out of Japan who finished very high in the Hell Japan Championships. And Al Jean was out working with them, and they came together, boom, 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 and, and they kind of broke apart because they kind of, as they're walking back on, Al never left go of the sleeve. They took about three steps in, and he hit him with the Ashiharai and took him on both feet and fully palmed. And wow. you know, Al Jean from that point on, Patsungami got promoted right at that tournament. Wow, battlefield promotion. Yes, yeah. <laughs> by combat, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, here he turns around and he's out there with Lou Lazat fighting, you know, he got two front teeth knocked out, he still won it. Wow. You know, I mean, the guy had t- just timing, it was a hell drink really, you could really, really spar. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing about it is, he was, he was a sly guy, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. Keeney was that way too, he's different. And something else that came up in my conversation with Victor Moore was all of the top guys were competing against each other every weekend. So whereas now, because of the different organizations, you might have a top guy here and a top guy Mm -hmm. there, 
they might not ever be in the same tournament yeah. as each other. But at that time, every single top guy was fighting against the other top guy. Yeah, and you'd hit them through four times a year, you know. And that would help make those guys even sharper. Yeah, I suppose. You know, the thing about it is, is that we still didn't have uh, when when um, in in the USKA we at that time we had um, Wallace, who was there's another guy with tremendous tremendous timing, mm-hmm. uh, Superfoot. Oh yeah, but he had he, Bill was a good athlete. And uh, had him and Katie and Sheldon and uh, you know Yanel McLean, uh, Moore, and all of them. But then out in West Coast, you had Mul- uh, Skipper Mullins, uh, you know, and, uh, or Norris, Lewis, David Moon. You know, I mean, they they were all all good. All these people were good. Out of Texas, you had uh, you know you had two or three of them. Alan Steen was probably at one time as good as anybody. And uh, you know they were all friends. We were all friends. Right. And uh, if we didn't, you know, true, you would fight the best in this area. But then once or twice a year they'd get together. You know, and, you know. At one time, Ed Parker's tournament out there in California was a big meeting ground. And of course, Joe out in Atlanta. You know, the Battle of Atlanta was that just got so ungodly big it wasn't even fun to go to. Mm. In the last three days, you wow. just sit there. Uh, some of the best competition I saw was when, uh, and I, I hate to say this, but uh, was in Akron, Ohio with the World Karate Federation. Really? Oh, yeah, man. They, they had some good people in mind. They had some good fighters. They do yet. NKF, WKF, still today, you know. Uh, you know, they're in 120 countries. They, Right, they can draw a lot of good people. Right, and it's and it's organized so that these guys oh. do travel internationally. Oh yes, and yes, and they train, you know. And you have the Pan American Championship, Pan American Games, you know, and uh, then you have the internationals, and and uh, you know this Olympic thing is never going to go. But it's never going to be a major sport. It's just not going to happen. No. And, uh, it, I think it's too diff- It's going to be too difficult to get everybody on the same page, and that's what's been the problem with. That's what the, the problem with getting it in the Olympics. But judo, they, they, judo could all get on the same page. Taekwondo can all get on the same page, or they can get in there. But karate, there's so many different aspects of it. There is a tournament aspect, but there's guys that are doing it just to get in good shape. There's people that are doing it for self-defense. For, for just for the art, and so it's not just the sport that some of these others. I don't want to bust your bubble. <laughs> All right. <laughs> George Anderson has the answer. You know, well, you know how the Koreans when they got in, they got in. They walked in with suitcases full of money. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's how they got it in. So I'm right? being too naive. Yeah. No, not All naive. Right. Not naive. You know, the thing about it is, even in Taekwondo, they're not. They're different. Really, it is really different. God bless the Okinawans. They have tried to. I remember Nagami <laughs> Takeyoshi is a good friend of mine, and uh, you know we're over in Okinawa and we're standing there and oh he's he's getting all excited. You know he says it's been here a thousand years. He said you know boom boom we can't bow you know and he's just crying because you know mainland Japan is where everybody thinks it's at you know and, right and the birthplace is Okinawa. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, but the thing about it is, is, I don't know how many times, if you'll go back and look at the history of uh, karate in Okinawa, not you don't have to go back very far. 
But how many times they've tried to form up organizations and federations, it's and they don't last two years? It's impossible. Now, the thing about Korea, and I've been to the Kukikwan in Seoul. When we, I went with Mr. Trius in 1976. And, and the thing about it is we visit the Kukikwan, and, and we see Kim, I mean, uh, Kim, who was there, Hilju, not Hilju, Kim was the head of it at the time. And, uh, but the thing I didn't realize is that... Anyang Kim. Is that who it was? I believe so. Okay, whoever. But the thing about it is I didn't realize, you know, you go to a Taekwondo practitioner in the United States, you say, what Kwan are you? They have no idea. They have 11 major Kwans. Really? Oda Kwan, Muda Kwan, Samba Kwan, Jido Kwan. Yeah. I didn't realize that they were all... Oh, all yes, and they all got guys that run them. Mm. Okay? Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that... Uh, but they get along. Right. They understand that in order to make it go, you don't fight. So they could make it Taekwondo. You right. understand? Right. Uh, you know, some people just can't, you know, but hey. <laughs> Hey everyone, like the show? Enjoy hearing interviews with martial artists from around the world? Then share it with a friend, family member, co-worker, everyone at your dojo, your fellow karateka. You can find new episodes every Sunday at choptalk.podbean.com. That's choptalk.podbean.com. And don't forget to like the show on Facebook. Thanks. You know that, but that's one of the things. I mean, you know, sometimes, you, you know, for me, look, being involved in it, you know, it, I get frustrated a lot of times with the politics. This sure. guy doesn't like that guy, and I and I'm just, man, why do, is this necessary? But then I go to Okinawa, and it's even worse. <laughs> I know. It's even worse. So I then know. I've I've kind of come to the terms of the fact that this thing where people will something will happen, and. Fifty years later, these two grown men still hate each other's guts for some minor oh, thing that God. happened. And but that's part of traditional karate. Yeah. And I don't necessarily like it, but it is. Well, in '82, I I was with Sensei, '76, and I went, went to Okinawa. And when I went there, I, we uh, that's when he formed up a real relationship with. Uh, Weishi rule, uh, and Connie uh, Weishi, and him. Mm -hmm. they became very close. Of course, when we went in there, we had uh, Konishi, blessing. Everybody in Okinawa knew we were going to be there, and the, and the path was laid open for us. Right. And um, I can say it now because people are passed away and everything mm -hmm. like that. Well, you know, the thing about it is, is that the Okinawans resented Mr. Trius because he had he had the ear of the guy that, you're talking about Funakoshi, mm -hmm. one of the people that made Funakoshi was Konishi. Yes. And uh, Konishi was, uh, Konishi saw something in Mr. Triss that he saw in that, that, let me go back a step. Sure. Nagamini Soshin and, and, uh, uh, Zenryo Shimabuku had sons. Yes. They both understood 
that the growth of Kadati was not just going to be kept in Okinawa, it was going to spread worldwide. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Nagamini sent his son over around Dayton, around your area, and uh, Zenryo sent his son Zempo up around Pennsylvania, up in northern Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. We'll stay for about 10 years. Yeah. They learned our politics, they learned us, they learned our language, and they learned, they understood us. Mm -hmm. That's, those two men were smart. Right. Because they knew that's the way it was going to go. <coughs> Mr. Trius, when he went in, in 76, he broke the barrier in Okinawa because, and I was with him. I feel fortunate. Here's another thing. I was lucky. I was on the train, <laughs> I was on the train when it went through. And Mike Awad was on that train with him at that time. Same, same trip. Right. And uh, the thing about it is, is that uh, he was accepted there. We were accepted when we went to Okinawa. And we, you know, got in the Weishi Dojo and sparred. Mark Peterson sparred with the All Okinawan Champion and did quite well. Mike sparred with the, another one and beat the living devil out of him. <laughs> so, I mean, the thing about it is, is that when it walked away, they thought that, you know, we, we really got along well. Mm -hmm. And there were, but I mean, here it is again, like you were talking about. Uh, Sensei went back year after year after year. And he would, you know, invite these people to come in. And I remember one time Terry Macaron told me this story. I think I think I might have had this in an article. I don't know. Mm. Uh, I didn't use. It. I'm going to tell you who it was this time. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we get the scoop here. Na Nagazato Shigeru say I respect. I respect him. He's a very great karate teacher. Mm -hmm. And they were at this banquet like and this type of thing. And uh, mysteries is there. Boom 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 boom. And they're talking, you know, and, and Nagazato kind of stood up and he says, uh, you know, the thing about it is you come over here and, and you know, you're this rank and that rank. He said, you know, uh, you're this high rank, you know, where, where, where are you supposed to have gotten that? And Terry McElroy was with him on the trip when this happened mm -hmm. out in New York. He said, he's really proud of Sensei because he didn't do anything. He just said, Sensei Nagazato, he said, Yoshiro Kunishi's signature is on my my uh, certificate. Whose is on yours? <laughs> and that was the end. That was the end of it. Mm. You know. And I'll tell you something that's kind of apropos about that whole thing because in '76 when we went over, we were in Nagazato's dojo, and uh, when we were there, he invited us up to his apartment upstairs. And when we were up there, I looked over and we're sitting in his living room, and he's sitting in the big chair there, and there's this glass case with the Japanese armor in it. And I said. Boy, sensei, they said, it's beautiful. He said, yes, he said, I got that from Mr. Kunishi. Kunishi was an influence in Okinawa even. Even though he was 70s. from, even though, and even though he was from mainland Japan. Well, he's the one who, who, who made, he's opened the door yeah, to Kunikoshi, Kunikoshi and, and Motobu. Yes, right. and, and uh, Kenwamabuni, you know, and, uh, you know, a bunch of others. Right. So anyway, I, you know, it. You're 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 pretty much on it. Like I said, you were over there. You you were you in Okinawa? Were you in Okinawa or Japan when you were? Uh, I lived in Okinawa, so I, I was there for about three years total. Mm -hmm. um, I started off in mainland Japan for a few months, and then was in Okinawa for. Where'd you go? Night. Where were you living in Okinawa? I'm not interviewing you. Know. No, that's fine. We can talk. About, uh, I was living in Naha, pretty close to the Budokan. Oh, okay. Uh, right sure. across the, the the river. Yeah. Is where my apartment was. Um, that's nothing to get anywhere on the island. You can get out there real quick. Yeah, 
yeah, you can you can get pretty much anywhere in a, in a few hours. Even the northern tip, you know, I'd mm -hmm. drive three or three hours or so up there, and mm -hmm. you can get that. That was great. I, I really liked it because I really like uh, I like the tropical weather, and I like snorkeling, so it was nice. I could oh. I could get on my scooter. I'd, I'd tie my uh, flippers to the back of the scooter, and mm -hmm. I could either be I could either drive twenty minutes south or forty minutes north. I could be in the water. Snorkel, see some see some fish, relax a little bit. I think it's a beautiful coral there. Yeah. yeah, that's the one thing. Well, karate people go there for for karate, but they need to spend a little bit of time sightseeing because it's beautiful. Oh yeah, it is. It's a beautiful little island. Yeah, I spent uh, time there last time in Nishihara Village. I've never been there before. You know, mm. Nishihara Village. I'm sorry, but uh, anyway. Uh, hey, no, now one thing that. Something else that I have found out about some of the Okinawan teachers is they're not all as high a rank as people think they are. Um, there are a number of pretty high rank guys that I know and have told me personally. It's like, yes, I teach these seminars and they say, your rank is not high enough, so you are now such and such a degree. Mm -hmm. Or, but there haven't been 10 degrees of black belt since time immemorial. All these things have developed, especially over the last 100 years or so. Mm -hmm. So some of these guys, their teacher died, and he was only uh, fifth degree black belt at most. Mm -hmm. And they never promoted anybody. So good, good example of Gojiro people. Mm. You know, the five major, uh, major styles of Gojiro, you know, which is... Uh, uh, Nebukan, uh, you know, what is the, what are the other ones? Kodokan, Meidokan, what is, uh, Ichimizato's, uh, Nojo, uh, Jundokan. Uh, when the Second World War started, all those guys, after the war, Miyagi was gone. Mm -hmm. They're looking around at each other. I mean, uh, who is a little, uh, Toyuchi Sensei is in his book. He tells a story. I mean, I'm going to tell him how to school. Right. Miyagi wouldn't promote him. He said, yes. no, you don't get your promotion from me. You get it from the little guy in Japan. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, here they were, and there was uh, they're starting up. They got Goju, and they're all they're strong people and all this. They all promoted each other. But then, you know, mm -hmm. and then from there on out, they just you know, worked their way up. Right. So, I mean, you know, it just, there's no... I know one thing, just like myself. Um, you know, I who who do you take the promotion from? Your teachers are all dead. Right. You know, right. the thing about it is, uh, uh, what I looked at when when I was being the last promotions I took were from my peers in other organizations. In mm -hmm. other words, you know, uh, from the people that I respected, that trained, were my at least my age. Right. Not all that represented major organizations. It's about the only way you can do it. I, right. I don't know. It's not that important anyway. Right. It's really not. But um, it. it uh, <laughs> I'll never forget the Irish when we first we we, we had a large, very large contingent. Irish contingent was active with us for a long time, and when they first came over, they they were stunned. All the red and white belts. They, saw. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't believe it. <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, you know, they over there, in 91 when we went over, they reminded me a lot of us. 
1960. Okay. In, in Ireland. I mean, it couldn't get anybody to come over. I mean, I know some of my friends, they tried to get them to come over, they wouldn't do it. Hmm. Um, you know, they. But anyway, it, it, uh, they couldn't get over the fact that we had all this color and all these <laughs> This is Mike Tarvin of Tarvin Plumbing Company. You may have heard me answering questions as a plumbing expert on the Gary Sullivan Show over the years. I'm here today to make you aware of our company. We perform plumbing repairs of all types. We've been in business since 1907 through five generations of family members. That's 109 years of providing top quality workmanship and outstanding service. If you're having issues with leaks, stoppages, water heaters, fixtures, or piping, we're here to help. Spring rains may be taking a toll on your sump pump. To help out, ask us about our summer sump pump special. We can inspect the existing pump and replace it if necessary for a special summer price. We can also inspect or add a battery backup and other devices for extra security to keep you high and dry. We offer you peace of mind for your plumbing system with reliable, trustworthy service backed by years of experience. Tarvin Plumbing is a Cincinnati company with an appreciation of the wide range of plumbing challenges this city offers. So if you or someone you know has a need for plumbing repairs of any type, please think of us at Tarvin Plumbing. You can reach us at tarvinplumbing.com. That's tarvinplumbing.com. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, um, in fact, you mentioned Goju. One of the Goju people told me that exact thing. I interviewed Yoshio Kuba, mm -hmm. uh, and, but he said, yes, my teacher never promoted me to this rank, mm -hmm. but I am here. And another one was, uh, I worked at it, Miyahira's Dojo was one of the two karate oh, dojos. Man, good man. And they had all the ranks of everybody who was promoted in that dojo on, on the pegboard going uh -huh. all the way around the dojo. Sure. We used to do that in our dojo. And Miyahira, there was 10th Don and Miyahira. And then there was 9th Don and there was about four guys. Mm -hmm. And a couple of these guys were in other countries as 10th mm -hmm. Dons. Yeah. And so Skichiha up in Lansing. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and I, you know, I love Skichiha. He, you know, he came over and was super friendly to me and invited me to come up and train. It was great. Um, he's tenth on, but in Okinawa, he was under ninth on, and, and nobody was that worried about it. Yeah, it's it's immaterial, really. I right. mean, the thing about it is, I like Ihasan. He's a nice person. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, here I was at his dojo. He was very, very outgoing, very nice person. You say you trained there to be ours? I trained at his dojo now. That was a little thing outside the back of the house there. And it was on the first story of a two of a two story house. Mm -hmm. And he Cuba, lived. Cuba was. Uh, uh, is he the one that was outside the gate at uh, the, uh, 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 gate five at uh, the airbase? Up on the third floor? He is on the roof now. Yeah, okay. So then, yes. He trained a lot. He trained uh, when we were over there. Good night, sir. Good night. He was, when we were over there, he was very open. Mm. Very open. He worked with John Manley quite a bit, who's Glen Keeney's student. And uh, he, he was really an outgoing person. He's great. And I went to South Africa. Quite a, quite good, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I got to spend some time with him. He did a seminar in the U.S. few year, uh, a couple of years ago, and we went down to that. But mm -hmm. um, I toured South Africa with him. Him and his one of his one of his top students is uh, I worked teaching high school with her, and she was the translator. And so the three of us and uh, the guy who organized MTS Abdullah went all around South Africa mm -hmm. 
and they, they were teaching traditional karate because they had mostly in South Africa at the time they were mostly doing the tournament the tournament karate was big the JKA was big sure and part of the yeah well there's a lot of different there's a very there's a big difference between uh, village karate of Okinawa and even even the cosmopolitan karate mm -hmm. of Naha. I mean, it, it it differs. You get out in the village, it's a lot different. I would get a kick out of Doug Perry and those people. They talk about when they're over there. You know, they walk the streets in the summertime, and you know, you walk down the street and you just hear the mockingbirds going in the backyard. And uh, I think that's missing today over there. You yeah, know? it's not there any longer. Yeah, and I and uh, there's a lot of things that uh, have changed, and uh, you you don't fight it. I have a hard time when I go to a dojo, though, and I go back, change in the back room, and there are 15 PlayStations set up there for the kids. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and oh, uh, man. you know, and uh, so, I haven't seen that. I don't think I well, can handle that. You know, the thing is, he's got two vans, and I'm gonna say who it is because he's a good guy. He teaches. Yeah. Some of his bipeds are pretty good too, but the thing about this, he teaches, uh, picks up the kids in the vans, and. Charges an atrocious amount of money, and but he makes, you know, he makes a living at it. So right, yeah, and there's a different ways you have to do things if you are going to make your living doing karate oh, yeah. compared to it's your hobby compared to you you have a dojo but you just want to keep the lights on and you got another job. Yeah, you know I've been you know, I've seen it all. I went from a school to you know one that was where I've all I've always worked. Right. I've, except for a short period of time. And because you had a chain of dojos oh, yeah, across from the 74, Midwest. From 74, 75 up through 80. And that's all I did. We mm -hmm. had 15 of them. But the thing about it is, is that I didn't work karate. It was a business. Right. I really got sick of it, to tell you the yeah. truth. But, uh, it, but I mean, it was, you know, we were, we had close to 1,000 people. Mm -hmm. and, and, the, and so... I've had it that way. I've had dojos where I worked two jobs on the outside to keep the dojo open. Right. You know? Right. And uh, then you have other ones where I've never really, except for that period of time in there when I had all those schools. Mm -hmm. That's the only time I've ever made any money off of karate. Mm -hmm. And do uh, you feel that you, you know, as involved in karate as you are? and you have been for almost your entire life, do you feel you need something else outside of it? Sure, sure. Y you know? Sure, sure, you do. Uh, you know, the thing about it is, I've been active, you know, politically, I've been active, you know, in my community, uh, you know. I, it's a necessity. I think Chukotika can have the right idea uh, you know, karate person has to give something back to the area in which he lives. Mm -hmm. And you know, that besides just the fact that you should be a very good role model and right. and and, uh, and and teach and, and train hard. But uh, yeah, I think it, I think it's a necessity that you do do other things. I t take great pride in the fact that. Be doing what I've done since 1956, 57 to date, mm -hmm. that I had the opportunity to meet some great people. Uh, I had some opportunity to meet some 
rotten people. <laughs> but I mean, the thing, no, seriously, uh, is just offered me the opportunity to do that. Right. Know, I mean, all over the world, Asia, Europe, you know. Right. Uh, look at yourself. Look at the, the experience and the people you've just crossed with already in your life. You know, and there's probably going to be a lot more. Right. So, I mean, as you'll know when you go into my club tonight, you look at that front line. Everybody in there is over 60. Right. It's training here tonight. Right. Now, I, I'm still asking the question all the time, why are you still around? <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's unique. This is, you know, my club's unique. Right. But this thing is never going to be anything that anybody's going to make a living off of or anything like that. We train for ourselves. Right. And, uh, you know, it's just, that's the way it actually should be, really. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, I, I have nothing against people if they, you know, want to supplement their living or, and, or make a living doing it, as long as they don't, you know, prostitute the thing, you know, that's, right. that's all. Right. Because there are certain principles that are innate to what we do. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's face it, if you're going to do it, the concept of learning never ends. It just never ends. Right. The uh, introspective things that you know that you that you get out of it. And there are still mysteries. It's you know you have an occasional epiphany, even you know. Right. And uh, it's it's really a wonderful thing. Um, so I don't know. I've been fortunate. Uh, like I said, I for some reason I happen to be around when. You know, a lot of different things happen. Sure. And I was fortunate enough to do three things. Meet the right people, kind of jump on the train with them. Right. And live long enough. <laughs> 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 so, it, uh, you know, it's still, is, it's a wonderful thing to put a gear on yeah. and work out. Yeah, absolutely. It really is. Absolutely. Even though it's harder and harder to do all the time. <laughs> you know, the thing is amazing. You see that over there, that white? I was looking at that when I was in here. Uh, that's from it's a sculpture from the dragons in front of the Shuri Castle, right? Mm -hmm. You want to get that? No. It's a birthday present from Gunnar David Hammond. Oh, was that really? He really? Pour, he poured that plaster, yeah. Oh. You can imagine Dave making something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, uh, that's made of uh, plaster Paris, and I remember he, the thing that hardened it was milk and on the outside. But that, I've had that for. Since the 70s. Oh, wow. It's been in all my dojos at the front of them. It's beautiful. I, I was watching, you know, I was looking at it, taking in all the little details. And I said, mm -hmm. that thing looks just like just like the he real one. He took it off a photograph. Wow. Mm-hmm. From the Shuri Temple, yeah. Did a great job. Yep. Well, you think you got enough? Uh, I, I think so. Um, I think that's pretty good. And, and if I don't, maybe yeah. we can talk again sometime. Sure. Anytime you want. Yes, sir. Well, I really, I really appreciate it, and uh, had a lot of fun. Yeah. Hopefully, the listeners will appreciate it too. Well, I, you know, just an old man rambling. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the thing is, is that it's, for the older people I mean, think, who retires, I, you know, right. everybody says, you know, aren't you going to retire? What's to retire from? I mean, right. You either work out or you train or you don't. What, right. the, what the hell? Right. Uh, you know, and. Uh, 
I can remember guys retiring in their 40s. I never have figured that out yet. But, like I said, I think the day I stop, the expansion stops and I stop learning, that's probably when I'll, you know, lose interest. Yeah. But up until then, hey, I'm open, you know. Get some wonderful people. And I think you you know this also that uh, the dojo, if you really have a dojo, is a family. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, it's a family you can depend on too. Yeah. Good luck to everybody. Thank you very All much, right. sir. All right. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. And also thanks to Sensei Keppel and his instructors and staff for their hospitality during my visit. To find out more about Philip Keppel and his organization, the United States Karate Dokai, visit www.uskk.org or contact the dojo directly at its new location, 8900 North Industrial Road in Peoria, Illinois, 309-691-5280. And remember, on Saturday, August 18th, the USKK will host a seminar, exhibition, and dinner to celebrate Sensei Keppel's 80th birthday. And it'll be at the Holiday Inn in East Peoria, Illinois. Info will be posted on the Chop Tuck Facebook page, or you can contact the dojo and USKK for more info. Thanks for listening. Nihiribiru, Mataya, and Mataraishu. everyone like the show enjoy hearing interviews with martial artists from around the world and share it with a friend family member co-worker everyone at your dojo your fellow karateka you can find new episodes every sunday at choptalk.podbean.com that's choptalk.podbean.com and don't forget to like the show on facebook thanks Chop Talk is brought to you by the Kosho School of Karate's premium martial arts training equipment. Frustrated with the low quality of the big manufacturers, the hassle and expense of custom-made equipment, or the months-long delivery times offered by the Japanese brands, if your order ever arrives at all? Kosho offers Makiwara, iron sandals, specialty punching bags, and other premium martial arts training equipment, all at great prices and great delivery times. Kosho equipment is guaranteed to be high quality and heavy duty, exactly what serious traditional martial artists demand. Contact the Kosho School of Karate for more information. Go to www.koshoequip.com or email koshoschoolofkarate at gmail.com. Kosho, premium martial arts training equipment for the serious martial artist. Mm-hmm.